Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody. Uh, yes, today is a day where we're going to celebrate our, uh, our, our Carrollton's finest, our police officers. We have some in the back. I'm going to invite you guys to come up and join us here on, on the stage. We have them. Can you give them a hand as they come as we celebrate them this morning? Come on up, guys. Men and women. guys for being here. Yeah, come up on stage. Hey, Mr. Taylor. How you doing? It's good to see you guys. Hello, hello, hello. Good old Kyle. Yeah, we celebrate you guys this morning. It's great. Um, some of you may not know because some of you are new. Um, Pastor Mike or Mike is, is a uh, is a chaplain for uh, our police department, and uh, Mike has been um, been here at the church. He's one of our he was one of our elders. He was my boss for a long time, um, which uh, I think he's better at a chaplain than he was uh, as our, as my boss. And so I'm pretty happy about that transition. Uh, I'm just kidding. Mike has been served as a, as a spiritual father to me for a long time. Uh, when I was a youth pastor, serving as a youth pastor and the children's pastor here, uh, Mike was the one, uh, him and Celia uh, guided me and loved us when we were having kids. We have, I'd have issues, I'd call Mike, and he would, he would be there, and he's doing that for uh, all over um, uh, Carrollton and for our police department. So, Mike, I'd like for you to just come and share just a little bit. Um, take your time. We need a microphone for him. Um, there you go. Let me get my notes on. Yeah, take, take, take your time. I've aged a little bit since I was his boss, <laughs> so I have to write my notes down. Used to, I could just flow. So anyway. I probably put those ages, on, put that on I you. Did. I did. Yeah. I, I was actually looking at Pastor's gray, Pastor Terry's gray hair today, and I thought, man, how many I added to that? And then yeah, you've added I, a lot, added to lot it more to that. Yes, But I first have. of all, I just want to thank the police officers yes. of Carrollton. And... Pastor Tim Chapman, another pastor that was here on staff 20-plus years ago, him and Bobby Martin started the chaplain program. Uh, most cities in the Metroplex do not have a chaplain program, and that's something that you can really pray about because one of the things I'm trying to do as a chaplain for the Carrollton PD is to build up chaplain ministries all across the Metroplex because as I do ride-alongs with these men and women of God, it's amazing. I see them happen to be marriage counselors as they go out on call-outs. They have to be a pastor and counselor on different call-outs that they go on. And if you only knew what they got paid, I mean, it is, it is horrible the way that we pay the entertainment and then the people who really are the heroes in our nation and everything. So first and foremost, I want to tell Sojourn Church, thank you. Because when I go and meet with some of these church leaders and church pastors, uh, they're not all open to being a blessing to the police department. Some of them let me know that, hey, we support BLM. I'm not here to make this political or anything, but it, it makes me shiver when I look at what the theology and foundation of what BLM is. Uh, it's an attack against the biblical order of the family and everything and all of that. And so I love to fall on this side of the men and women of God who support. And when you and I are asleep at midnight and everything, it's these people that are protecting and they're being the walls of our city. 
And so I hope if you, amen, give them a good round of applause. So if you have not started including the police department first responders of your city, and if you're coming to Sojourn Church, Carrollton, Texas, if you haven't started making them a priority in your prayer list, I want to encourage you to make them a priority, that you would pray that they would have the wisdom and discernment and understanding on every call that they go out on, that they'd have the grace and the wisdom to deal with everything that comes their way. One of the things that I do as a chaplain, I go out on death notifications, and I got a call about a week before Super Bowl. So every year right before Super Bowl, I think of this particular call that happened about seven years ago. And it's, it, it's around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I get there, and there's this little 8-year-old girl that came home and found her dad had committed suicide. And uh, as I tried to minister to her, and as you can only imagine, she just cried uncontrollably. As I got there, there was already four different police cars there and the medical examiner and the different people that have to come to those call-outs. Uh, we, as myself and two of the police officers, we're, we were about to ball as well. And trying to keep our composure and everything, her 14-year-old brother showed up and she went running out the front doors. He showed up from school and she just embraced him. And I don't know if you've ever had those moments in your life where somebody has so cry, is crying so hard that you are that cry is forever embedded on your soul. Mm -hmm. That cry I'll never forget of an eight-year-old girl embracing her brother, crying because their dad had committed suicide. And as we got him on inside and started talking to him, and I told the young 14-year-old boy what had happened and everything of that nature. <clears throat> He sat there very, very quiet, and after about five minutes, I called him by name, and I said, what can we do for you? And is there anything I can do for you? And he said, Pastor Mike, this is so weird. He said, my dad committed me. My mom committed suicide five years ago in the same home. Mm -hmm. And I sat there, and when I did start crying, as well as a couple of police officers there, uh, Eyes just started welling up in tears and everything. So I share that story, not on my behalf or all the good things I do, but for what these men and women of God yeah, do all yeah. the time. And what they do all across the nation of the way that they honor and serve and protect and everything. I thought of Pastor Terry, you know, a lot of churches don't like to do things outside the four walls of their church. Pastor Terry in Sojourn years ago did the March for Jesus and many other things that were about being outside the four walls of the church. Because you see, I think we have some of the issues in our nation going on because the church has wanted to stay inside the comfort of the, of the four walls of the church. Come on, I hope you really let that sink in. Because we really have to wake up to the call that we've all been equipped I told Pastor Terry on Thursday when we played golf, he played golf, best I've ever seen him play, so he's definitely enjoying semi-retirement a little bit. <laughs> this is the worst I'd ever played, and Pastor Terry mocked me a little bit, but uh, <clears throat> he really didn't. But I told him I thanked him for everything that he has sown into this church. I thanked him because anybody that ever came through the, the, the doors of this church over all the years of the existence of Sojourn Church, you've been equipped to be able to go out there and be light and salt to the community. And I know Pastor Chris is carrying that same legacy. And you're being equipped. And you're being equipped to sow things for the next generation. 
Because I got to thinking, I believe the Carrollton PD is being blessed because there was, back in the 90s, I was part with Pastor Tim of praying with different pastors in Carrollton for the Carrollton PD in the early 1990s. In fact, it was that Tuesday morning when I left that prayer meeting with a group of pastors of Carrollton that 9-11 happened and I heard of the news as we were leaving. That prayer meeting went on for 15 to 20 years of pastors in Carrollton gathering to pray and asking God to protect these men and women of God, asking God to bless the city of Carrollton. So I want to encourage you to look for those ways that you can bless the police officer. Find ways to uh, pray and speak a blessing over the police and their marriages. The stress on their marriages are enormous, mm. and I encourage you to pray for that. Last thing, you have the ability and authority to speak life over a city. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Stay up here, would you, if you will? So um, I'm going to give our police officers a chance to share, but I wanted to say this to you guys. Thank you, Mike. For you guys that don't, like I said, we, we support uh, uh, Pastor Mike. Uh, on a monthly basis, our church, through your giving, we support our police department through uh, every month. We, we, we give and uh, we're not going to stop because we believe that in, in investing in our in our uh, community. When I say let's go out and be the church to the unchurch, uh, to the unchurch is not a cliche. It doesn't just sound good. I want you. I want us. I believe that God has called us to go out and be the church to the unchurch everywhere. And the way we do that is invest, give, so into our police department. So I wanted to say this to you guys as, as uh, uh, Mr. Taylor is going to share uh, here in just a little bit. Um, in a world where people are trying to defund the police, they are trying to come against our police department, they're trying to come against what you guys are doing, I want to say that we are sorry for uh, all of the attacks and all the uh, negative uh, rhetoric that has gone towards you. I want to stand as a church and say that we are sorry for not being there at times and abandoning our posts, but we love you and we are so glad that we can sleep at night um, because of what you are doing. So this is important to us. We want to say thank you and forgive us um, uh, for, uh, for just, just the world, all the attacks. Thank you for still saying yes. Thank you for, for putting that uniform on every day, even though you know it could cost your life. Um, last thing I want to share is I was thinking about this. I had, uh, when my father, um, when we, were, we grew up in, I grew up in Arkansas, and we were talking about this because he knew we were going to do this. He was in Arkansas, and I shared with him the fact that I had a run-in with the police when I was 17 years old. Now, I had a police, uh, one of the police, um, uh, he was, he was, it was just, it was rough. It was me and my cousin. We were in a car together, uh, and, you know, I got that look. I mean, it looked like I was up to no good. Amen. I still... <laughs> I still have that look. My wife knows that look. I mean, she's just like, I know you're up to no good. I know, I know ain't nothing good going on in your heart. I'm just like, well, the Bible says the heart above all else is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? You know, she goes, don't be quoting scripture to me. I know you ain't up to no good. I know you ain't. I know something wrong, but um, we were, we, and it wasn't that we, were, we weren't up to no good. I just, I had a deal. My father said, son, would you get pulled over by the police? You put your hands on their steering wheel. It is yes, sir. No, sir. It is do what they tell you to do, sir. And uh, <clears throat> she go, he goes, if you get arrested, I will not be coming out there, coming up there to bail you out. You're going to live there. <laughs> that brother is, that's hilarious. He's like, huh? I'm not bailing you out. He goes, you might as well get comfy. 
you know, you come free. He goes, I'm not, we, me and your mother are not bailing you out. And I'm telling you what, it wasn't them that bailed me out. It was my wife that bailed me out. Anyway, um, <laughs> girlfriend at the time. But that, um, the running, we had officer was mean. He was upset. You know, he was, he was he's bought, you know, uh, pull us out of the car. And so that put a, a bad taste in my mouth about police officers at 17 years old. Come to know um, some police officers. We have the best. I know Vince Fulcher will be here second service. Vince is one of our best. He was the last officer. You guys know Vince. He's one of our favorite. Kyle, thank you so much for being here. Uh, who's, who cares about our kids? Um, but I'm telling you what, once I got to know, then I've also had a run-in with the police that has been amazing, where they've been helpful. They've been, I remember, this is a true story. Uh, my, I, 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 let me tell you what you guys did for me. My wife ran out of gas. I think, was it you that helped? It was one of the police, my wife ran out of gas. I forgot to put gas in the pickup truck. She ran out of gas, and you guys held stop traffic so that she could get gas, and we could get gas in her car, and you helped her put gas in her car. Now, what you didn't do was help our marriage, because when I got home, <laughs> there was a domestic dispute that you guys didn't get called for. I'm embarrassed, you got me out of here. You know, you didn't put gas in the truck. And I just like, well, I didn't. You guys did not help with that situation. Um, and then uh, just, uh, was it last night, babe? Last Friday night, my daughter was up here getting something for me. She was pulled here on the side, and one of you guys came to check on her uh, because she said, she, she goes, Dad, the police are here. I go, ha, ha, ha. Um, and so, <laughs> She said, the police are here. I go, why? They said, well, I was on the side of the, the building, and she said, I was, it looked suspicious, so they wanted to check on me and make sure that everything was all right. So thank you for checking on our church and helping. Um, <clears throat> it would have been good if you'd have taken her to jail, though. Just a little taste. <laughs> Officer Taylor, would you just share with us just a little bit? Um, I'm Sergeant Taylor. Uh, Start off by saying I'm a little bit like Moses. I'm not eloquent in speech. These guys hear me on the radio all the time. I stumble over <laughs> my words and whatnot. Um, but I was raised in the church. I've gone to church for all my life. Um, and there's a couple of verses that kind of stick out to me as it relates to police work that mm -hmm. I'd like to point out. Um, you were talking about earlier about us showing up and putting the uniform every, on every day. And a lot of times, even people who aren't, aren't believers that are police officers, they consider what we do as a calling. Um, you know, we talk about that a lot at church. We're called to do this or called to do that. But... Um, even in the secular world, they, they use that, and a lot of uh, officers feel like it's a calling to do it, and that's why we, we do those things. Mm -hmm. um, but kind of in the words of Jesus, um, our text for this morning is going to be in uh, John 12, 27. <laughs> Can I preach a whole sermon? or just Go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Well, in, uh, in John 12, 27, Jesus is uh, in the garden, and he's praying. He's upset about what's about to happen. And it's one of my favorite verses when I think about why um, I put on the uniform. And he, was, now my, he says, now my soul is troubled. Mm -hmm. You know, um, says, what should I say? You know, Father, deliver me from this hour. And then he says the next thing, he's like, no, it's for this very hour that I came. Um, and I like to use that as an analogy. I did it for my kids um, back when the Dallas um, march happened and the seven officers got killed. That night, my kids told me not to go back to work. Um, they wanted me to stay home and uh, wanted me to quit. What I had to explain to them then is that we need people like Dad to be police officers. Um, and I had to explain to them that I felt like God had called me to be a police officer. Mm -hmm. And so the safest place for me to be is to be at work. Yeah. You know, if I'm not doing what God calls me to do and I go get a paper cut sitting at a desk somewhere, you know, who knows, I could be the end of me. <laughs> you know, but the safest place for me to be is where God's called me to be. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and then even our officers who aren't believers, a lot of times they feel like they are called to be police officers, and that's where we want them to be. Um, so the best way that you can pray for us is to pray for us to, to hold faith to our calling and remember that and do that on the hard days when it gets rough um, and when it gets hard to put on the uniform and when it's hot in the summer or you know, whatever. Um, these guys have the benefit of being on day shift. Um, this guy in the middle, not so much in the future, but I'm, a cur I'm, currently, a, I'm currently on night shift right now. I'm, I'm playing a day shift sergeant right now, but I'm, I'm a night shift sergeant. Um, and and we, see, we, we, we see different things at night than you see during the day. Um, one of my friends posted on Facebook something recently that said, I don't know I've seen something traumatic until I'm uh, telling the story and people start looking at me weird. You know, we just get normalized to a lot of things. And so mm -hmm. if you can just pray for us for those things, that the things that aren't tragic don't become normal for us and that we can still keep that heart and, and keep that, that, that those thoughts where we should be. Um, this last week at my church, we were doing our youth camp. Uh, we didn't go away this year. We all stayed on the campus. But the, the theme of the youth camp was dark to light. And um, the, the verse we used was from John chapter uh, 1, verse 5, where it says, you know, the light has come and the darkness shall not overcome it. And just finally, just pray for that. I mean, just pray that we will be the light that we're supposed to be. Um, we're supposed to be, you know, peace officers. We're supposed to bring peace where we go. We go into places where it's difficult, and it's difficult to be the light. Um, but we're called to treat everybody professional, um, to be, treat people with dignity and with respect. That's what our mission statement is. And if you can just pray that we can do those things, do those things consistently, um, then I believe that we can overcome the stuff. The, the, the darkness will not, over, not overcome us. That's good. Sergeant Buchanan, you spoke last time. Are you going to be our spokesman this, this time and share with us? No, you got a lot bit to share. But go ahead. I'm going to give you this microphone and share whatever it is Thanks. that you want to Thanks, share. Thanks, Pastor Chris. With that note, you know, if someone says something like that, if you're a believer, we have the armor of God, don't we not? And also, I think uh, the one thing that uh, I talked to a sergeant from earlier that was at the earlier service, and he said that, you know, you're talking about a calling. We all have a calling. And I want to tell you something. These uh, ladies and gentlemen up here, they had a calling. It's not like, you know, I want to, I think I want to be a cop. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun, which uh, it's a little fun. But the reality is, you know, in every one of y'all, what you do in life, there comes a point in time when God's calling you to do something. You have a certain talent, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a janitor, whether um, you know how to cook food really well. It's a calling. God gave us all talents and skills. And it's never beneath you to do what God wants you to do because you're serving him for his honor. And, you know, the one thing I will say that about this community, you know, can everybody say this last year has been pretty bad? We've all had some trials and tribulations, have we not? Yeah, I have too. Uh, but I will tell you, if you turned off the news and you turned off your social media, things aren't that bad in Carrollton. Things aren't that bad at our police department. You know? I mean, seriously, you guys rock. I mean, you guys rock. You know? I mean, do we have to deal with some stuff? Yes. But I'm telling you, 99% of, of citizens in Carrollton, man, you guys are awesome. Go to a restaurant. Hey, uh, <clears throat> just want to let you know, um, officer, that the, there's a couple they didn't want to be identified, but they paid for your meal. Man, I shouldn't order the steak. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't order the steak. 
But, you know, the reality is in Carrollton, so we got some old schoolers here, Commander Humphrey, <laughs> Officer Fulcher, okay, these two guys and me, we're, we're pretty tight. We've been around for a long time, all right? But there was something that I learned first off in, I think, in 94, and they said, do things the Carrollton way. Hmm, what does that mean, the Carrollton way? Well, it's to treat everybody with professionalism, dignity, and respect. And those weren't the code words that we used back then. It was called the Carrollton way. Well, there's a term right now that's called procedural justice, and procedural justice is a um, huge, huge dynamic shift for police, uh, policing in the United States. But it's actually simple. It's actually to be transparent when you interact with the public. Let them have their voice. Because if I stop you on a traffic stop and I berate you and do, eh, what would you do that for, blah, 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 you know, golly, didn't you not see the red light? Did I just belittle you? Okay, it's easy. Have you, been, have you ever been driving on the road and you see someone else? What an idiot. <laughs> We've all done it, right? Oh my gosh, you're not turning right, you're going straight in the right lane. And I'm having to wait here. <laughs> oh my gosh, why didn't they make that a right turn only lane? Okay, we're all human. And, and what I'm trying to t basically boil down to is we all have emotion, and we cannot act on emotion. Our nation, whether it's cities and, and uh, people across the country, this past year, we've really started acting with emotion and not discernment and logic and grace. I've done the same thing, okay? You know, but the thing is, that the procedural justice is we have got to allow citizens to have their voice, whether it, the outcome it's not whether, whether they like it or not, okay? Because sometimes, you know, we all know that when you're dealing with a law, you're dealing with something, uh, a, a, a problem or whatever, or a traffic stop. It may not go your way, but guess what? If you've been allowed your peace, the ability to, to talk and say what you wanted to say, nine times out of ten, people are actually satisfied with a police contact, okay? So that's our challenge to drop our emotions, drop whatever it, emotional baggage that we have from the morning or from whatever, didn't get our coffee. You know, we have to always have that in our mind to make sure that we allow you to speak. And if we don't do that, we have failed. And you need to let us know that. Okay, but, but on that note, I just want to tell you that I appreciate, we all appreciate prayers that you give us, the, the, the ease that you give us on, on our job here in Carrollton. And, uh, you know, things will get better. Things, you know, look, we're not many people are wearing masks. My son over there, I got my family over there. My son's still wearing a mask. He wants to wear a mask. And, and I think that's awesome. And we all need to not judge if people are wearing it or people are not wearing it. Okay? We all need to be uh, uh, accommodating and, 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 and understanding each other's values. And, uh, you know, we really have to do that because... In our mind, we want to divide. We want to divide. There are people across this country, there's a spirit that wants to divide us. And like I said last, like I said last year, you know, um, people say we're a color, uh, there's a colorblind society. We're not colorblind. We all see colors, right? We're colorblessed. We are a colorblessed society. But we're all individuals, and God made us all unique. And remember, it's our character 
not the color of our skin that matters. And thank you. God bless you guys. As we get ready to conclude our service, I'm going to ask um, our pastors and elders and wives to come up here. We're going to pray for these guys. you mind you guys stepping down here on the, on the floor so we can pray? I've asked Paul Kramer, who is very involved in our, our city. Our elders, I'm going to ask our elders and pastors, come on, um, Gerald, Carol, and y'all come. We're going to pray, pray for Vanessa. You shake your head. Come, come down here. You guys, that's the one. If, if there's a call at our house, that's the one you need to arrest and tase. Not me. Like, tase her first. Don't talk to her. Just tase her and then call her and then haul her in. Okay? That's the one. So who, who are we missing? Pastor Terry. Um, Pastor Terry, I'm going to give you the mic. I'm going to ask you to start. I'm, I'm going to pray. And then we, we pray. And, um, who else are we missing? Gerald. Y'all come. Can y'all stretch? Come just pastors. Where's Terry? Oh, there she is. All right. Congregation, would you stand with me and stretch your hands out toward them as, as we pray? I'm going to pray first, and then Pastor Terry, and then Pastor Mike. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for these police officers. We thank you, Lord, for the servants that they are. We bless them. Lord, we bless Pastor, I bless, I bless Pastor Mike. He's not only been a spiritual father, but also, Lord, just a, uh, just a pillar in this city. Thank you, Lord, for what you called him to do. Thank you, Lord. Uh, and he's, he's a friend, but at the same time, Lord, he is vigilant, watching over us, watching over this city. I pray that you bless him spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, relationally, above all that you could ask or think. Thank you, Lord, for the gift that they are. We just say, Lord, you give your angels charge over them to keep them. Come on, congregation, pray with me. Be aggressive. Pray, keep them in all their ways. Bear them up with their hands so that they wouldn't even dash their feet against a stone. Protect their families. Protect, Lord, who they are. Thank you, Lord, that you're surrounding them in Jesus' name.